Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... The Matrix, The Animatrix, The Matrix Reloaded, and The Matrix Revolutions, all directed by the Wachowski sisters. And then we have our newly released film, The Matrix Resurrections, directed by only Lena Wachowski. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Vincent Daly, how we doing? Tommy Boy, how's it going? Uh, I'd say it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. You had a Matrix-filled week, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. In preparation for this uh, this big, big release, maybe not big in the box office for uh, Resurrections, but uh, certainly big for a lot of fans of a pretty monumental series. Uh, I wanted to give it its, its just due and, and return to a lot of these films that... I don't know. I think the the critical reception is all over the place, but uh, it was it very is, interesting sure. to see how they hold up in you know the modern day. Yeah, and I like that we're doing that. This is kind of a mini special. I mean, mm-hmm. we, it could have been its own special, but you know, we we, we threw it in there um, just because the resurrections just came out and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I think it's good to revisit just the story as a whole. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. instead of going piecemeal, I think it's important that we do that. Exactly. It was also such a perfect five spot too uh, for the for yeah, the episode, just, yeah. much like the the Space Jam uh, um, Suicide Squad <laughs> episode. <laughs> You know, it was just, it was a perfect fit. Might as well just do it. So. Yeah, and I think it's it's going to be good because it's so important. Because revisiting the um, the story, what seventeen years later, mm. I think it's good just to like recap or oh, like, and sure. go through the depth of the characters because the Matrix was so important. Mm-hmm. And here we are, twenty uh, what twenty two later, twenty two years later, or mm. something like mm. that. Uh, yeah, I think it's good to kind of just roll back and let's set the stage for the entire world yeah, that we know the Matrix to be. With that being said, let's mm. start with the first one. Sure. 99, uh, big, big movie that came out, very important to us as mm. well. But we have The Matrix. The Matrix, wow. Uh, I think if there was an incentive for me, folks at home, uh, to revisit any of these movies, it was in the fact that I, I was, I'm always excited to watch this first Matrix. Uh, the first Matrix is just such a wonderful wonderful slow burn that rises to i mean it just incredible gun fu action heights uh, i mean it's it's an amazing amazing time and uh, definitely going to sound like a, a broken record when it comes to this one, especially with a lot of critical reception in the many years that this film has been out, but very much lightning in a bottle uh, when it comes to this first Matrix being such a perfect little package. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly has a lot to add to a bigger universe, and we see that expanded upon with the sequels more and more, and, uh, and that's exciting. I think that as well, for me, approaching this new film... 
if there is going to be any kind of dense universe that is worth revisiting, it's for those sequels, for for actually the excitement of rewatching these films. The Matrix, uh, I mean, is really a phenomenal, phenomenal time. This, of course, is the story of Thomas Anderson, uh, a.k.a. Neo, uh, his internet handle, um, and the revelation that the world around him is not as he know it knows it. And basically diving into what uh, the real horrors are of a world run by machines where humans are are farmed for energy and and seeing how we we find neo to maybe not believe his new role but come to find himself be the one uh, and, and and in his new role be a you know quite literally a superman <laughs> within the yeah. matrix itself and I think you uh, made a good, when you said lightning in a bottle, I think you hit it exactly right. And one of the th- things about this movie is that I think just like the Y2K period that this mm-hmm. came out, I think just the time it came out made sense too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just all worked in its favor mm-hmm. uh, to that, that to that importance as well and the character of Neo. Absolutely. And, and I, I think for science fiction, it's a landmark too. Um, we don't really see the visual style of the very you know, the very intense design visuals of the machines revisited too much. Uh, obviously, on the shoulders of giants, uh, I would I would definitely say it is inspired by H.R. Giger and, and, and a lot of different uh, design cues from, from sci-fi horror. Uh, and, and in essence, this film does have sci-fi horror in its DNA. I mean, I think the juggling act of the many themes that the original Matrix does and does them mm-hmm. all so exceedingly well it's it's why I think the film stands up today and stands up more importantly for my rating of this film uh, apart from any of the sequels. I think they're there yeah. if you want more of a deep dive, but The Matrix really does stand alone on its own, and I, I feel that is that is so important to note uh, for uh, a series that has a lot of lore, a lot of exposition, and it, it's it's nice to know that there's something that is standalone for that that you can just kind of jump into, and if you like it, yeah, yeah. guess what? There's more, you know. On that, some of that, some of that note. I mean, uh, the Matrix for me was always the the pitch of the Wachowskis going into the boardroom and showing Ghost in the Shell, showing anime uh, as some of the cyberpunk aspects come into play with this uh, and and the digital world and introducing that to an audience in 1999 that may not know the, the, the anime roots that they were pulling from. It adds a beauty to the machines and certainly a menacingness of the machines. I think the biggest highlight in this film and probably my favorite aspect of this series as a whole are the machines as the antagonist. You know? Yeah. Uh, the I, fact that they are always designing a perfect maze for us to to further and further be, you know, entranced in what is clearly a, a farming effort of human. You know, I mean, that is such a compelling, one hundred percent villain. You know, there's no good in there. <laughs> you know, what I mean, <laughs> no good. The fact that you can't really, that you don't really see them. They're kind of just, it, it, it's a faceless thing, mm-hmm. and it's just out there, and it's just all controlling. Mm-hmm. It just adds. It's so ominous. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and when it comes into why, why I'm kind of pairing this praise with the stylings of, of the Matrix and its sources and Ghost in the Shell and and maybe deeper stylings of the time like Genocyber and and Cyberpunk anime at the time is because I think it gives striking visuals to the machines but also so wonderfully communicates why that is scary. Why is is this science fiction horror paired within this 
paranoia drama, this action movie, this gung you know, there's a lot of things being done in the juggling act of the original Matrix, and I think a lot of that is sold on making a compelling villain so that we always have a, a baseline to return to for who we know we're up against when the film is juggling a lot of different ways of presenting the world. Neo, uh, definitely Keanu Reeves in his <laughs> acting as well kind of goes through an evolution. I, I think it's important to note with that that it's still the best adaptation of a very late 80s 90s anime style in live action form i really don't think we've seen a better case for this and the sugar on top uh, or what brings it all home is that it sells an idea of possibly one of the most menacing uh, forces or, or or antagonists in in kind of a film history i think uh mm-hmm. the machines mm-hmm. are unmatched because there is no good there's you know it sells what i would normally say everything needs to be speckled everything needs to have a little bit of good and bad for for being deep i think it sells it because there is no good in the machines <laughs> so uh it's 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 just such a joy to watch because i i'm one that always roots for the villains you know so <laughs> <laughs> but when it when it comes to you know this movie is is why i would call this great why i would call this a must watch is is it slow burn there's a seduction that happens for both equally Keanu as Thomas Anderson and the audience that brings you into the story slowly. Uh, When people think The Matrix, they think action first, but honestly, the best parts of this movie are the tension before the action. It's the drama of Thomas Anderson being powerless in front of Mr. Smith. It's, Mm. It's the... The real stress and the real stakes behind Morpheus and Trinity trying to get, uh, trying to get Neo out of the Matrix because he is truly just a rat in the maze. You know, there's no guarantee in this film for them to get him out, to pull him out. So that slow burn, I think, is so, so important. And if if it was there to just kind of have a slow introduction to a very heady, very philosophical driven concept world. It would be one thing, but the the film is such a cathartic payoff that it ends in this massive action film, mm-hmm. this this gung fu masterpiece. I, I really I, I I can't I can't tell you how much it works as just being so many things at once and still just maintaining as a baseline a steady plot that is rising and rising and rising until it reaches a point that it doesn't even resemble the first half of the film but in a very good way that this this is about breaking those boundaries the story itself is about breaking those boundaries breaking the cage and the film itself kind of breaks its own cage on what the film is and the genre that it balances does that make sense it it does and it's also just throughout the movie this it it keeps on the stakes keep on getting higher exactly and it's just nice to see you're along for the ride and it makes a it makes a slow burn film so palpable absolutely absolutely and engaging yeah because i mean even if you don't know where it's paying off to if anything especially if you don't know where it's paying off to Mm -hmm. you know that is where the enjoyment of the film truly is that you can look back and say wow this the second half is 
maybe nothing of the first half, but I, I've, I've traveled this journey with Thomas Anderson, with Neo, yeah, and, yep. and, and, and coming into that, you know. I think when it comes to, if I had to make a graph out of this script, it would be just a sharp slope up until the very end. And if, going back to what I said, if you're going to boil down this movie franchise to just an action movie, you know, if you got to define the genre of this here, I think I want, uh, that that is the type of uh, visualization of the script that I want uh, with with the Matrix with any action movie that there is always just rising climax. We 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 go up and up and up mm-hmm. until at the very end, you know. And arguably, even with the conclusion of this film, for folks at home that of course have seen this, it it really just doesn't stop until the credits, which is is phenomenal. It's it's great. Let's talk about, I think, one one of the biggest factors here, which is the special effects. Slow motion, mirror effects, and sunglasses. I think the style <laughs> works in its own bubble mm-hmm. and, and surprisingly holds up for dated effects. Uh, this is going to be a big theme here, folks, for my, my review of these films because it kind of unfortunately goes all over the map uh, with, with, the, with the effects and the, and the special effects of, of what we see, but also the style that very much dates it as late 90s and early 2000s sunglasses you know <laughs> mirror effects into mm-hmm. showing neo through through many different lenses i think it works in its own bubble i could definitely be really nitpicky with this film and say ah that doesn't work anymore uh that looks really dated but honestly i think once again why this film has its own little bubble that it exists in is because I think it sells it with some confidence. Uh, There's certainly some goofiness Hmm. to some scenes, but it sells it in its seriousness. And believe me, this is something that I will return to when talking about our most recent entry in this series. The, The seriousness of a scene very early on in the film where... Thomas Anderson's uh, Keanu's friends come up and they are this like late 90s rave culture their clothing <laughs> is ridiculous the sunglasses are ridiculous the leather is ridiculous very much I could look at that and say oh that's silly that doesn't hold up but I think it works because it is taken so straight face serious and is taken in such a way that it doesn't let up while the plot is cranking more and more up as far as the stakes and the horror of what's going on in the reality of this film I think I think it works on its own, and that plays over to the CGI. You ha- you have you have a, a moment where there is any sort of effect of an explosion of some of the action in this film. It is it's there, but I really strongly believe it, it works on its own uh, and in in its own bubble. Uh, I can't stress that enough because. I think that's only pulled off because it's not trying to make fun of itself. It's almost unabashedly, it you know, knows what it is. They know the type of message they want to get across. Uh, and it doesn't hold back at all for that reason. Yeah, that's a good distinction because sometimes, so it's not that the effects hold up, but the way they're mm-hmm. presented to the audience, it still works. Mm-hmm. Where some mm-hmm. where some films you go back and watch and then sometimes you're impressed with how well the effects actually hold up. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, the effects still to this day hold up. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it great. And then other times you watch it and, be, and then it ruins it because it's like the effects look terrible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's, it doesn't seem like they hold held up great, but mm-hmm. they're not terrible. But at the same time, 
it's still in a unique way. What you're yeah. saying is it works. Absolutely. It might not like you might know that you're looking at something maybe not the best, mm-hmm. but it works. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it, it, that that strength comes from again the understanding of the Wachowskis behind the script on this one and knowing where they want to go, knowing you know almost to a uh, unreal extent yeah. the larger universe, the larger lore, why something would be interacted in this way. I think that confidence comes through in in the visual design of this yeah. film. Yeah. And so. you know, it's such their baby, you know what I mean? Their yeah. DNA's through and through. For real. I mean, they wrote it too as well as, mm-hmm. you know, it's just their vision for this film. It, they they really took care into putting that onto screen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, what what they talked about, what was in their heads and putting it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I it, for me, uh, I've always described it as the rule of cool. Uh sometimes that can be a criticism to some films. Sometimes I think that is the best thing a simple action film can do. I think the beauty of, of The Matrix is that it very much has the rule cool and is not making fun of itself for trying to be as cool as ice, you know? <laughs> Arguably, if that holds up in years to come. But I think it really does hold up because it it sells the fantasy within mm-hmm. its own universe. It sells it within the runtime of one movie. Yeah, so, yeah very good. Uh, I think a, a climb in stakes, or, or uh, maybe more appropriately, down the rabbit hole, uh, this is just such a great action film. And, and how the movie evolves and how the movie teases the larger universe at hand and the larger implication of the conflict between humans and machines it's something that we see expanded upon more and more in the sequels but more and more in these sequels we see less and less of what makes the matrix good uh, of what makes it lightning in the bottle. And I think the expansion on that is both good and bad. Obviously, the sequels are a little bit infamous uh, in this series, but I think, once again, while our focus is on The Matrix, it does a balancing act that makes you want to dive deeper into those very heady, very intellectual sides of what these movies become about, but in the meantime, you just get a nonstop action ride. And honestly, I think one of the best films of the 90s, uh, with, with, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I think something that definitely hits on a must-watch for me uh, and something that will always be a joy to watch. Because at the end of the day, as, as, as highbrow as some concepts can be, it is just overwhelmingly enjoyable. Uh, to watch on screen and watch the ride unfold once again, even though I know exactly where it's going to go. With that said, we will go ahead and give The Matrix an 84. An 84, a very good score, yeah. well-deserving score. I would be angry if it wasn't in the 80s, which <laughs> yeah. I, I could assume that it was going to be. <laughs> right. uh, an 84, it, you know, just right where that should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah very good, very good. All right, so we're going to keep that rolling now. And mm-hmm. now things get a little bit interesting because 2003, that was shot, in, that was came out in 99, mm-hmm. The Matrix. Then we have the next, we have The Animatrix, The Matrix Reloaded, and Revolutions all coming out oh, within the same year. I know. I totally forgot about that, how you have Reloaded and Revolutions literally mm-hmm. in the same calendar year. It's, mm-hmm. it, that's wild. But we're going to go ahead and do The Animatrix first, mm-hmm. which we kind of build being directed by... The Wachowski sisters, mm-hmm. which it pretty much is, but it's also there's a lot of other directors involved with this. Yes, yes, and which works in you know how does that work out, Vin? Sure. So this is an anthology, uh, a collection of short 
short stories, short films, and all anime. Uh, I think right off the bat, this is very cool to see the Wachowskis collaborate with probably a lot of what the source material was for their inspiration of this uh, this story. Directors like Shinjiro Wandanabe of Cowboy Bebop, uh, the director of Aeon Flux, uh, Studio Madhouse. I mean, these are heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, superstars yeah, in, in, in anime uh, and in, in Japanese animation. I think I, I, it's probably a perfect time to get Cat out of the bag on this one. I want to suggest a watching list. Folks at home, if you are completely new to The Matrix or maybe even want to do a similar deep dive into watching and doing the homework before watching the new ones, which is basically what I did, I, I want to suggest that it's watching The Matrix, jump to Animatrix, and then actually marathon two and three, Reloaded and Revolutions, in one sitting. And okay. I'll get into, obviously, the two and three, but why I would layer Animatrix in between is because it when you watch The Matrix, it gets you the elevator pitch of the machines. gets you the elevator pitch of how menacing they truly are. Animatrix, a lot of these short stories are presented from the machines as propaganda within their own society. That's very, very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I love that. People might question why we have it on this list. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't we just doing the actual films sure. that we know? But for this reason, it works. And, mm-hmm. you, and you have the Wachowski sisters ingrained in it you yeah. know and they're still part of the you know they're big writers of it as well oh, absolutely. it really does go hand and people don't realize that this animatrix really does go hand in hand with those original three that mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. uh, and with Reloading Revolutions yeah. but it's interesting you say Again, it all came out in the same year, but mm-hmm. really this came out in between Reloaded and Revolutions, correct? I believe in between Reloaded and Revolutions or actually side-by-side side with Reloaded. Uh, okay. Very quick succession when it was released. Okay, but you say go ahead and watch this first to get the perspective of the machines, mm-hmm. and that way we have it set up. Now we have a better understanding of the machines, kind of we have that. Yes. But also, and then we have the original Matrix movie, which really sets the stage for this world. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think if, uh, even even if you stop at, uh, at the Matrix, Animatrix is still worth a watch because uh, for a couple things, we have some of the absolute best 90s style, late 90s style anime you can watch on display. Mm. Uh, and in short segments that if you're not an anime fan, you're not really going to get bogged down with with heavy exposition writing and and things that I would say maybe are are hard to sell anime with. Instead, you're just going to see a, a masterclass and a wonderful sampling of what late 90s animation is by some of my favorite directors, but also, I mean, just undoubtedly, who are the superstars now? Like you said, animation. the heavy hitters. Absolutely. Madhouse is so huge, and the fact that they have, I believe, two short stories in this is 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 amazing to watch. You know, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would actually go so far to say as this co- a compilation of films would be the the best single dose of 90s anime if you wanted to kind of dive into what that styling looks like, how the, what type of stories and what type of dark stories they tell in that type of animation style. This is a wonderful single dose shot so uh, for that. Would you almost say, I mean, this came, because this came out, this came out in 03, in 2003, mm-hmm. but would you say this wraps up the best of the best when it comes to 90s anime? I think so, yeah, because yeah. the studios and the directors that the Wachowskis are working with on this, uh, under very strict supervision uh, for making sure that it mm-hmm. fits within to their you know very particular lore and the world and the universe of, of the matrix it is is still 
such a great display of the stylings that inspired the Matrix in the first place. Yeah, it, it really is phenomenal, phenomenal short stories. Some of the design is just such a such a delight to look uh, watch on screen because it is it is is just cool as ice. Uh, Are the designs different per short story, or do they stick with the same animation style? Definitely different animation styles, and I think uh, if uh, as far as anthologies go, like short story collections, I think anime anthologies are some of my favorite to watch because they're so drastically different. You definitely do bring up a good point, though, because as far as criticism of this film, CGI is a little bit of hit or miss. I will say that I think it's on par for the time and the series, especially for the CGI we see in Reloaded. Okay. And sometimes it's pushed a little bit too far. The last story in particular is exclusively CGI, uh, which is a little rough, but that last story though it is actually important to some of what's going on behind the scenes and actually what is introduced as a plot device in Reloaded, it is the last short film among nine short movies or nine nine short segments that are just such heavy hitters as far as working on concept, working on animation, working on rule of cool, Mm -hmm. just being a absolute delight to look at, impactful, especially if you're engaged in the universe of The Matrix. I mean, really... That right there is the most important. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of listeners who's just like, don't feel like watching an an animation type thing. And also, if you want to watch The Matrix, a lot of people are just going to go to The Matrix. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, the reason why this is on this list, really, is because it adds to the world. Mm -hmm. And it's important to almost have that included with. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, this could very easily be supplemental material uh, that you don't have to necessarily dive into. I would say Animatrix is one of the few exceptions where I, I really do think it's required viewing, not only for one of these short films kicking off the main plot device of two and three, yeah. Reloaded and Revolutions, which is, the, which is the assault on the main city Zion, but... On top of that as well, I mean, just a delight, such an understanding of the machines and, again, cranks up that menacing aspect that is just so iconic to their relentless hatred of humans. Uh, and I, I just, I, I love it. To yeah, do yeah. building on, on the villain and just also just building on the, the story itself in the mm-hmm. world, I think it's awesome. And, and you had mentioned... It, it's it's nine short films. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah, yeah. So it's really just little bite sized pieces, but mm-hmm. great content and, and added depth to the yeah. world, which is which is awesome. Yeah, I think I think the, 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 the pillars here are near required watching for, for the series. Uh, I think wonderful writing uh, from the Wachowskis and the biggest pillar for me. Uh, I mean, just some of the most rock star animation you can see uh, from Japanese anime. That's uh, awesome. In one spot, too. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying, oh, well, you got to watch this series, and you got to watch this series. No, it's all right there. Yeah, you can just do very a quick, cool. quick dip in the pool, and you can experience some of the coolest anime that there is. So I love that. That's awesome. And the yeah. fact that it's, it, it's, it's the, the Wachowski sisters have such a big it's not just like rubber stamping like okay we're cool with this we're cool with this no it's mm-hmm. like they had it they oh, had yeah. the hand that's why we're including them as really the directors absolutely because the anime companies that are involved in this or the studios like they you know mm-hmm. there are dedicated directors mm-hmm. to these shorts but as you said they, they had a huge role absolutely. Sisters, which is yeah. probably why it, it helps with the depth and everything and the importance for sure. as well for sure yeah because very easily you know this could be uh, in other anthologies especially anime anthologies directors just running wild this 
is very much Supervisor Wachowski's and better for that reason yeah. as well, you know, given more significance. But I, I think the appreciation of the concepts in this universe, nearly every film of our nine adds a piece to the puzzle, some very important to the coming movies and some, no joke, are still being called back to in the most recent movie. That is how important this is to the Very lore cool. that they crafted. This is cool. how important this film is to the narrative that the Wachowskis obviously know for the arc for these characters. And on top of it being such a great snapshot of of uh, late 90s to early 2000s anime... I mean, really, it, I'm coming out very positive with this. I think this is such a, a cool watch and such a um, such a, a palatable dive into anime where otherwise, if I told you all these directors, all these studios, you'd have a laundry list of things yeah. to watch. This is one shot, and you get it all done. We're going to go ahead and give The Animatrix a 77. Yeah, a great score. A really, really great score. And I think that's a fair score for the every person. Like, again, yeah, so yeah. because I'm not the big, when it comes to anime for me, I'm mm -hmm. very picky. Sure. I am very, uh, not reserved with what I watch, but mm -hmm. I'm very picky with what I'm going to choose to sit down with. Mm -hmm. And that, and if you wrote a list of like, these are the best studios, here are each work that you should watch from <laughs> these studios, it's yeah. like, I would never, ever do it. Exactly. It's too much. But right. guess what? It's all right and in one spot. And that's why that 77 is awesome. Yeah. Uh, where I think we're, this is a great every person score. Mm -hmm. And the fact, again, it's just, it's awesome that it actually adds and gives you more depth into the world. And it's mm -hmm. not laziness. It's not just like, let's oh, let's yeah. create some fun stories in the world. It's mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Like, this is important, actually. There are mm -hmm. things you're learning. And the fact that there's callbacks to the most recent one. In the most, Which I yeah. had no idea. I mean, yeah. that's, Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. So yeah. again, we I guess Vince suggests watch that first, and then kind of go back to back, which is almost like how they came out anyway. They both yes. came out the next the same year, but Reloaded did come out first in spring mm -hmm. of '03. So let's go ahead and do the Matrix Reloaded. There we go. So yeah, uh, this this alternate watching list I have to give credit to uh, to, to my one buddy Jesse for uh, because he's a huge Matrix fan, and after watching them this way, I really do. I really do agree with this, especially for Reloaded and Revolutions. Uh, how Reloaded ends uh, is a little bit of a cliffhanger, uh, so much so that they actually put a to-be-continued, uh, which I kind of found outrageous. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you know really? I, mean? I, I just haven't seen a to-be-continued for a while in a, an actual film. Okay, you know? all right. And obviously this came out back then, but when, when it comes to this, I think the watching Matrix and Animatrix, that's much more of the deep dive way. I would recommend, especially if you're skipping Animatrix, absolutely watch Reloaded and Revolutions back-to-back -back in some sort of marathon. This picks up I would say not maybe near future, but there definitely has been some time pass uh, with Neo and crew. And furthermore, we're, we're jumping into a much more complicated world of now Neo is in this full role as the one. And with his crew of the uh, of the Nebuchadnezzar, am I remembering that ship name correctly? That Morpheus right. yep. and, and Trinity, they are getting more involved with the deeper parts of the Matrix itself. That includes more interesting, eccentric programs, maybe that represent and increase our understanding of what a program is, uh, the emotions associated with the program, the aspirations of a program. You know, these there's definitely a humanism that comes through uh, with these with with the new characters introduced, which I think is really interesting. Uh, the main threat 
that is introduced here for the third movie and for the second movie actually comes from the last short in the Animatrix, uh, Last Flight of the Osiris. Uh, and then once again, it's just more, more evidence for that alternative watching order. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Especially... Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think if, if your main threat is introduced in one of the sh- one of those short films, I think, once again, evidence to move that from supplemental to required watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the best time to see this film... Was on release because, uh, <laughs> boy, did this only get worse with age. I think Reloaded has a real bad rap, if I'm being fair, uh, because I think there's a lot of things, a lot of very highbrow things <laughs> they try to do with the script and the exposition, uh, but most importantly to that palatability of the film and, and, and probably the most I've experienced uh, in a long time of, you know, hey, th- this was probably great when it came out, but has only kind of gotten a little bit worse with aging. Uh, it's in that CGI. There is, I think, the the, the ultimate example is uh, the multiple smith scene there is definitely a appreciation to the fight choreography and uh, uh, certainly it's it's very cool they are still operating by that rule of cool Wachowskis as far as what they're introducing and the type of scenes it's it's almost you know very fanfare you know it's giving people what they want to see but it just does not age and, and just looks very goofy why this is such a big point for me is that it chips away at this film taking itself seriously because mm. when it's do- when the moment it lets off the gas it, it, the, the cracks start to form it, it is it is you know some of the jokes that neo says in in between fight scenes there there's a lot more here that i think is fine for a sequel to have but more and more it creates a harder sell for the very serious inner lore that is dumped on the audience in this film in heavy exposition it's a mismatch you can't have this film not be 100% down with what it's putting putting out there especially for how much is put out there uh, for its world how the machines work how the matrix works itself and 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 the very very big arc that Neo as the one is taking. So it's it, would you say that it's 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 not making fun of itself, right? But it, no, it's no. Br- it's bringing a lightness into it which is taking you out of the seriousness mm-hmm. that really is what it should be. There should it's a very serious mm-hmm. thing going on and it's billed as a serious film franchise is based off the first matrix yep where it's 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 getting looser it's getting mm-hmm. funnier it's, mm-hmm. it's getting yeah it's it's ta- it's lessening its seriousness does it's, that make is, is less- that right I, yes yeah. it's lessening the impact uh 100 and i think specifically to my cgi note here it makes the cgi possibly not work where in the first one it worked because it was what it was and it had no questions about what it was where in this one where neo says oh uh, they have upgrades and then we have a a action sequence that's probably some of the goofiest cgi could ever point to i think it hurts itself uh, as the film ages for that reason uh, it gives up its dedication to being just cool as ice about the world it's producing or it, it's you know it's it's uh, spotlighting for the audience so it's the fact that again it's not that the CGI holds up visually in the first one mm-hmm. it's the way it's it's the way the characters are going about living in the film that, uh, that p- creates a realism uh, it, more or, so it's the commitment that the film has that these characters 
presumably are seeing, you know, I don't know if, if you want to say presumably seeing the same effects or something like that. I think I let me track that back a little. I think it's more so it's the commitment of the artists, the Wachowskis here, uh, creating a film that it knows what it is and it is still unrelentlessly g uh, not giving up that rule of cool. That's the first one. Okay. In this one and future sequels, more and more that that pot gets muddied because we're now weaving in a lot of lore some bad dated cgi and some jokiness and i think it it messes up the formula okay basically. yeah for sure absolutely yeah. absolutely so yeah i i think it's important to note uh kind of a a tough comment to make because ultimately i mean what film isn't going to maybe benefit from watching it closer to release but uh no, I, but it's I, true and there is something to this cgi especially in 2003 there's a huge jump in use of CGI mm -hmm. from a pre-2000, mm -hmm. you know, 99 to 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, things were really kicking into gear in 2003, Absolutely. and everyone was trying to get in on it, and mm -hmm. it's just like, not in the early days, I can't say early, early days of CGI, mm -hmm. but as far as like, it was really starting to be heavily used. Oh, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's tough. It's, and maybe you can point to the Matrix to as a as a as an offender of that, you know what I mean? That they, right, they, right. they need to put more and more in it. They were excited with the technology, Unfortunately, some of it didn't age too well. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 It's an overuse as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big a big topic here for Reloaded specifically is uh, it's it's all of what the first Matrix has right in areas, but it's missing that that graph. It's missing that illustration that it's just a steady climb in the story uh, that I talked about in Matrix One. Instead, we are. Doing some scene hopping, we are obviously discovering a lot more about the real world and how humans exist in the real world, and that's not necessarily the worst part, but it does slow it down significantly and not necessarily progresses, it doesn't necessarily progress in the same kind of slow burn way that you know you're always moving forward. There's very much some halts that happen in it, and unfortunately we see this more and more in the sequels of the films, that the, uh, the, the movie or the script is so concerned with the lives and the society of what the humans are doing in this sci-fi story that we get away from the simplicity of Matrix 1. Uh, what halts that further specifically for Reloaded is the philosophical babble uh, or kind of white noise in a way that is in exchange uh, for some of the car uh, some of the, the concepts we see uh, in Matrix 1. Even if I had to give the elevator pitch for it, Matrix 1 has a very streamlined, simple look at reality, a Descartes kind of, you know, singular focus, you know, what is choice what is what is causality and the reloaded just tries to amp up those talking points that that highbrow script and does it in just a bad way in a couple ways one the exposition is in a bad way like an anime it is just mm. dumps of of dialogue where keanu is not necessarily the best one to toss the the lines back and forth, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so there, it be there's, tough. yeah, there's, there's that. But I also think the expansion on the philosophical aspects of the Matrix and and the and even even the machines and whatnot. There's there's cool stuff done from a nerd perspective. I think it is almost weaker in every way because of it, because of how it's introduced, uh, the concepts themselves. And more importantly, and probably most importantly, uh, of how it's delivered in these just massive dialogue dumps where the recipient of this is both us and Keanu. 
And and that's where even some of the cracks fall in, in Keanu's performance. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. So if for those that have seen this film, uh, I, I'm, of course, referring to The Architect uh, in that type of dialogue dump. That is what I'm referring to, that the roots of anime in this series are taken in a bad way, where the design-wise, beautiful, wonderfully executed in a live-action form. Script-wise, that's not where we should be looking to for inspiration because it becomes a little bit too heady and definitely halts any sort of fun action pacing that we saw in mm-hmm. the first one. Okay, so that's fair. When it comes to uh, what we're what we're looking at here with you know the, these films, I want to end with talking about the obvious. Uh, this is 100% an action film, which is not something I can say of the sequel, uh, the third one, uh, Revolutions, and. For that, I think this film, in in a nutshell, could rank higher than the third one for me because it is still an action film. It is 100% an action film, but it's losing that slow burn aspect as it incorporates some very slow points to the script and and how the film is produced, the the events on screen. Uh, By all accounts, the action, the set pieces, the the concept, it's all amped up. You know, they they, Mm -hmm. the Wachowskis are coming back and they like this is everything is amped up in this, but in somewhere it muddies itself and it loses what made the action in the first matrix so important because of the absence of that action. And the it, reason why we have a shootout being so such a such an impact on screen is because for the you know first half of the film we we have the absence of that in the first matrix when there is 100% action in the second one in reloaded it's 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 weaker as a whole it's a saturation exactly. it's a saturation and and like you said in the first one the best parts in the first one aren't necessarily those action moments oh, yeah. anyway it's yeah. actually those quieter moments when you're getting i don't know you're getting depth you're getting emotion mm-hmm. you're getting feel for the world mm-hmm. you're you're getting that drama in there a little mm-hmm. bit more that doesn't have to be action and so now you have an oversaturation, it sounds like, of action completely, uh, yes. where now the action isn't even as good as it was. Mm-hmm. And you're losing those great, great slow burn moments exactly. that add depth to the film. It's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's, it's a little bit overwhelming for that reason. And uh, well, maybe not overwhelming, but yeah, I think you actually hit the nail on the head with saturation. Uh, that That is a perfect term for what this is here. And again, uh, I can't stress enough, you know, all of this is amped up. I think this is probably a dream sequel for the fans seeing it in 2003 uh, but uh, it really hurts now uh, especially looking at how well Matrix 1 has held up sure absolutely with that said we will go ahead and give The Matrix Reloaded a 54 Ooh, 54, a little bit more harsh than I thought, but, you know, the second one has, the second one is known for being, it's not that it's a joke, mm-hmm. but as far as the Matrix goes, it's a little bit of the, you know, the ugly stepchild or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think people, that's how people view it. I think a 54 makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 it it's a shame because it's, it was a lot more of the non-best parts of the normal Matrix. You right. Know what I mean, it, it, but, uh. It's a perfect example of more of everything that works doesn't necessarily equate to it working at a higher level. Oh, okay, yeah, you know? that, that, yeah. You know, there's just you know, almost. I think that's a great one sentence to sum exactly. it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so that's the re- that's reloaded with fifty four percent. Well, again, okay, so this came out in spring. Okay, now we're out in kind of fall mm-hmm. for the big fall release, and same year in 03, we have The Matrix Revolutions. Yes, and yes. you're suggesting pair these movies up together. Watch the Animatrix. 
come back and then do Reload and Revolutions pretty much together, which mm-hmm. is pretty much what the studio did. Yeah. As, as far as release goes, you don't get big time titles. Absolutely. In the absolutely. I wonder if it was in the original marketing. Uh, I can't per se, I remember just off of, um, you know, just trying to think back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it ends with the to be continued. So I think that's my, my, really all the evidence I need for this type of watching order. Right, um, right. Not only that, it really does benefit from it. Uh, one of the biggest factors with Matrix Revolutions is we have almost a a very singular focus on the real world. The Matrix, the simulation itself, very much takes a backstage. We do, of course, have time spent in the Matrix, but everything of the world building in these films, uh, especially connected to Zion as a city and the the people involved and the politics that that, uh, Morpheus and crew exist in, it all comes to a head here. And, And as a conclusion, I think this works more than it doesn't, but I think as a major criticism, what I'm saying here, folks, is that the fact that we have very little Matrix in the Matrix <laughs> is, is once again, it's so odd that this film goes in yet another direction off of that original lightning in a bottle, you know, where Reloaded was an amp up of everything we know Matrix to be. Revolutions is almost very little of what we know Matrix to be in an entire di- entirely different movie for that reason. It feels very much like a Return of the Jedi. It feels very much like it has pressure behind it on making a conclusion out of something. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily bad, but uh, not what you're signing up for the Matrix for. And I think that's why this movie equally got a lot of criticism at the time. Much like Reloaded got the criticism, uh, this got criticism for a different reason. That's interesting. And, 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 and Well, first of all, as far as Reloaded ending and Revolutions picking up, what's mm-hmm. the time gap in between these films? I'm pretty sure immediate... Uh, yeah, I'm is it like sure direct scene almost? Or? Yeah, it is direct scene because if I'm thinking the opening sequence, we basically just check in back at the farm, at back at Zion, where the ending of uh, of Matrix One was was on the ship, I believe. Okay, if, okay. If I'm correct, yeah. Either way, very. I mean, this is we're, very, very. Yeah, back we're picking back. right back. Yeah. Um, so another thing is with that. So does it almost feel like um, Reloaded was meant to? They both amp things up from The Matrix, for mm-hmm. sure, from the original movie. Do you think that Reloaded was supposed to be an amp up in the Matrix world itself? And mm-hmm. then Revolutions was supposed to spotlight was supposed to spotlight amping up the kind of the real mm-hmm. world? Or no, it's this is just their version of the continuation of a story. Not, think, not that they're side by side. Right. But this really is a continuation and we're focusing on something completely different for this. I think that's a wonderful way to go about it. I think that's a very generous way to look at these movies. Uh, so I, I actually love that, uh, what you're proposing there, because it really is two sides of the coin. We get amped up inside the simulation right. and then we get amped up real world. Right, right. Um, so I think, again, that that's definitely... Uh, there's there's more enjoyment to pairing these films than not pairing these films. Yeah, that's a great um, point. But I can't I can't necessarily get away from. I mean, l- let me put it this way: if I'm going to put such credence and and such praise towards Matrix One standing on its own, these films are a little bit inherently flawed if they need each other to succeed. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's very much like whatever this these scores turn out to be, no matter mm-hmm. what, had they been one long movie, it would mm-hmm. be overall a better score. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's let's talk about a little bit some performances because I think that's been light, and Hugo Weaving is such a delight <laughs> on screen. Uh, he is 
so great as Mr. Smith. And if anything, this last movie is really Mr. Smith's, uh, or Agent Smith, rather, uh, Agent Smith's time to shine because he's gaining power in the Matrix. Uh, and it's it's just building up for a moment that we have just this, such a cathartic, such a such a fanfare of a of a last moment uh, between Neo and, and, and Agent Smith. Uh, it really is great. Uh, he's totally hamming it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think probably everyone has seen the meme of him laughing uh, maniacally in the kitchen, but it is man, it, it is it is really a delight to watch him on screen because he's truly some of the best aspects of all these films. I think in his performance, and it goes so much more deeper than just selling a face to the menacing machines because by this time in the story, Agent Smith is 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 basically a third force, you know, he's apart yeah. from machines, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to note that he stands on his own and he brings such a, uh, such a fun energy to, you know, this big action film. Uh, and you can just see that he's having fun with it as well. <laughs> yeah. I think this type of performance specifically in revolutions is the one that always makes me ask, why don't I see Hugo weaving in more stuff? You know what I mean? He's obviously got big I, roles I, in, in Lord of the Rings and he did. I think about it constantly. I know. Even when I just think of the matrix, it's part of it. <laughs> it's just like, you know, where is he? Yeah, where I is know. Hugo? Where yeah. is Hugo? Weaving? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you bring up the Lord of the Rings, by the way, he wasn't even supposed to be Elrond. Oh, really? They asked Sam Neill first, and wow. then he turned it down because he was doing Jurassic Park film. Wow. Turned it down for, he was doing Jurassic Park 3 or something like that. <laughs> oh, no, man. But, uh, but yeah, where is he? He's so enjoyable in this film. I know, yeah. I know. Maybe, maybe we'll have to do a Hugo special, so. <laughs> I mean, think about his big, if, if you even know any other, any other thing he's in besides mm. Lord of the Rings, it would probably be Cloud Atlas, which is, again, mm, true. the, Wachows- the yeah. um, uh, Wachowski sisters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I know. Maybe, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that he has no interest in working with anyone else or, you know. <laughs> But uh, uh, when we look, I'm sure he's got a pretty yeah. big filmography. Yeah, it's just, but yeah, definitely the best part about this. Um, uh, let's let's talk about the CGI a little bit. A CGI is oddly better. This is a. I was scratching my head so much because in researching this and researching the production that they're releasing the same year, how can the CGI look so laughably bad in Reloaded and passable <laughs> in months later? I mean, it's the same technology. They're probably using the same everything. Well, months of months in between release. Cooking in the book? It, I don't, well, I mean. it could be months of release, but it could be many months or much longer in between actual shooting of the films. Right. And when it right. comes to the editing, I mean... When it comes to CGI technology, that mm. that it was moving. That's true. Quick, that's true. Quick. Yeah. 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 Again, Lord of the Rings. Look at two thousand one to two thousand three. Yep. yep. You know, you do have that gap between ninety nine and oh three. Mm-hmm. Between the Matrix and then Reloaded, mm-hmm. that could have been filmed earlier. I mean, we could easily find out too. I mean, we kind of just do this because we're you know it's about the movie score. Yeah. We're watching the movie for how it is. Absolutely. But as far as like time of filming, there could have been actually a decent gap. And mm-hmm. in back in early two thousands, when it comes to CGI. That's a, that's a lifetime. Yeah, as yeah. far as you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a good point tech. too, because CGI could be cooking in the oven for a lot longer too than even if they filmed it. You know, that could be worked on for quite much longer of a time. You know, while they're editing stuff. And, yeah, exactly. Know. So who knows? I mean, it could have been the fact that I mean, who knows? It's all speculation. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, there's answers on it. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's sure. old. It's such a big movie. I'm sure there's answers. But for you and I, just talking about it now, I mean, yeah, it could be the fact of they had the movie pretty much ready to go, reloaded, mm-hmm. and then they were like, no, 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 these should be coming out the same. Year. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. so, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so they really could have been in the can for a while, but but who yeah. knows? It's funny how different you say it is. It, so. it, it's it's night and day. Uh, and, and maybe to your point, you know, let's let's just talk about the movie that while you're watching it, what's coming at you? I think probably the conscious effort is that the sequences that the CGI is 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 used in, and it's a lot used almost exclusively in this film because it's it's focused on kind of one setting, one set piece in, in a way, one kind of main conclusion. I think the probably the biggest help is lighting uh, is a little darker. Uh, it's kind of classic. If you have a darker picture, that that, that digital effect is going to look a little bit better or okay. age a little bit better. Sure. Uh, and I think if I had to just judge it, you know, all production talk aside, I think it works better because of a conscious effort to maybe put the CGI in a setting in 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 the you know the stage dressings of uh, you know where it's going to naturally look better. It's it's playing to its strengths. Right. So, but this is you know Revolutions is a drastic turnaway uh, of what we. We know a Matrix movie to be. There is very little kung fu. There is not a lot of the Matrix simulation, the Matrix fantasy of that. It does become kind of a sci-fi romp adventure. Like I said before, this gives me very Star Wars vibes. You know, more than any other time in this. Uh, in Interesting. This, uh, in this trilogy, and and that was something put out there for the marketing of the Matrix that it was kind of that generation Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for me, it, it, that that really drives home here in this film. It's not what we know the Matrix to be, so it's definitely a criticism, but at the same time it's not dipping too low because it's becoming a little bit dumber, it's becoming a little bit more surface level, but it also just kind of works for that reason. It's passable, I guess would be oh, the word. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because it's, you know, it, ultimately it's it's just having these, the, the, the change in what the story is about and what the story is structured around. It's not trying to be Matrix 1. Instead, it's just trying to yield home all of the story plot lines that they've been building for two movies. And in that, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, it's a conclusion. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it, it, what, what I always talk about with Tom, folks, is the razzle-dazzle. Uh, you know, uh, if a blockbuster is going to try to, you know, if it's a mess, but it ends with a razzle-dazzle, it's just going uh, to sell you on it. So when you're walking out of the theater, you feel good. That's this film. You know, it's, it's yeah. just, it's just mm-hmm. a conclusion to it. So I feel like passable, uh, though it's not necessarily praise, uh, I think that's where I, I land with this film <laughs> as far as the feeling. The design work of the machines gets expanded upon that's a big highlight for me uh, again I think there is just an incredible job of making a live action version of these anime stylings uh, that especially what we see in the animatrix uh, some of the very cool machine d- designs of the second renaissance very very awesome to see that in live action or, or with the CGI and other than that I think the conclusion here is that for Neo and for the world as a whole though there is some DNA of what we know the Matrix to be as far as how the movie feels. It is the, it is bringing it around home for the story threads and the many, many concepts introduced to this trilogy. And, and, and it is only passable because the trilogy is hurt by its own scale. Uh, hmm. I can't stress enough. I mean, Matrix 1 stands so strong on its own. And if I have a common thread in Reloaded and Revolutions is that it just tries to up the scale in such a way. And I think it kind of crumbles a little bit under its own weight. Maybe not to the point that it's terrible, but certainly not to the point that it's great. Uh, we will go ahead and give The Matrix Revolutions a 58. A 58, yeah. It's, yeah. Which might be controversial. 
the fact that oh i don't think so yeah honestly i'm looking at these scores and it makes sense every because i remember um i don't know even like when was younger when i saw them but mm-hmm. watch, watch them in the movies and how i felt about them especially even just like a couple years after and getting a little bit more perspective mm-hmm. this is how i think i viewed the movies at the time even yeah yeah um just that, that third one a little bit better than the second one i think mm-hmm. i think that's uh i think that's fair i think that makes sense as you say passable like okay this mm-hmm. got things that give it a, a bit of a nod and just just a, a tick up above reloading exactly and honestly very hard to even compare the movies because they're just so drastically different you know as the stories they're trying to tell right know? right yeah so okay not necessarily yeah i don't think that's the most shocking thing a 58 there on the revolutions mm-hmm. uh so before we go to you know we jump 17 years and we go to Resurrections. We're going to go ahead and uh, do our producer segment here. This is when we just want to let everybody know here, Vin and I, we host this show. We, You all help produce through monetary donations. You can go to the donations tab at thedailyratings.com. And any small, big, large, tiny amount that you would want to give to us, we would greatly appreciate anything, anything. We just appreciate it so much because... You know, it's it's you guys helping producing and keeping this show going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big deal. You get an official producer credit. We can vouch for that. And the biggest thing is, you know, it's feedback for us as well. You go ahead and donate something. You can write a note to us. We read it on the air in this producer segment. And, you know, very much like your whole, the way you went about watching mm. Animatrix and Reloading Revolutions came from your buddy Jesse. Mm-hmm. Like any like any producer wants to write in and, and, and give Certainly, yeah, yeah. Just tips like that or something like that. If yeah. you want to go ahead and donate the, uh, a full $500 mm-hmm. and become a director, go ahead and pick a movie for Vin to watch or sure, something like that. Sure. Uh, you know, just that kind of stuff. And again, that 500 can be... It doesn't have to be in one donation. You know, if we're still doing this five years from now and you want to donate just a little bit every week or mm-hmm. month or whatever, you know, five donations, one a year. And But if you get to the point of doing $500, you get, you know, a, a an establish a directorship kind mm-hmm. of credit right. to your name from us and you can make up a, you know, make up a name for yourself if you want or whatever. There's some, <laughs> there's some perks that come to that. But yeah, so it's fun. We're having a really good time doing this. I think, I think all of you are going to be, you know, enjoying it and uh, kind of on this journey with us together. We're starting a little tribe, a little family family together and again we appreciate any support you all can give us now with that said we're going to keep it going this is our in theaters our now playing film and we're going to go ahead and end it on the matrix resurrections and the matrix a doozy (laughs) (laughs) this is a doozy of a film yeah okay and it's the Matrix Resurrections, and the and the weird thing about this one is it's not both sisters here directing, yes. and mm-hmm. it's it's only Lana Wachowski. Mm-hmm. Um, she is has a hand in it in writing, mm-hmm. like she did before, but there's also two other writers as well, um, mm-hmm. Alexander Hammond and David Mitchell. So there's a bit of a mix up when it comes yes. to creating, writing, and, and directing this. I think that's a great way to note it as well, Tom, because I mean. If there's been anything uh, defining even even us just talking about these movies is that it's just so much the Wachowski's DNA. Like this is their baby. It baby, is the entire you know? thing is yeah because yeah. it should be said. I mean we we mentioned on the Matrix I think, but they were they wrote this as well. They wrote mm-hmm. Reloaded and they wrote uh, Oh yeah Revolution. Yeah so it's absolutely. So this is a a doozy of a film, folks. In 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 good in bad ways. Uh, I think a couple things I want to note before diving into this. One I always try 
tried to do the best job possible at staying away from spoilers. If this, if my review, if my rating is going to be a watching guide and and preferably in the most use of it is before you see a film, uh, I think that's very important that I stay away from those things. There are going to be some elements here that I think take away from some of the punch, but it's almost unavoidable in talking about. So uh, just yeah. know my dedication is as a very big fan of this series. I think this what I talk about is safe spot uh, at least. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, some of the production of this is is interesting. Warner Brothers apparently was going to do this regardless. Uh, there is a uh, an interview coming out with Lana that she said for her this was a kind of a therapeutic revisiting to the series. I think it's a little bit odd because there is a confliction in well, was it going to be something that she was going to make, or rather Warner Brothers was going to make regardless, and then she was forced into this? I don't know for me if that matters too much into this film, but I think it, there is kind of a little bit of a glaring issue that one of the Wachowskis, so integral to this story uh, and this franchise, is missing from this. Uh, no less the muddied uh, of, of the different writers and everything mm-hmm. like that. So this is, of course, the return of where we, where we left off off with the matrix world there is a a little bit of a time jump with this but mainly the main elevator pitch uh, that will hopefully draw audience and audiences into this is that for some reason we have a resubmerging into the matrix simulation for our characters most notably Neo and Trinity. I was pretty hyped for this. Uh, I really do like The Matrix as a franchise uh, for so many multiple reasons. You know, uh, I understood a little bit of the uh, the track record with the Wachowskis. Uh, uh, Tom and I always uh, say, you know, we 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 enjoy Cloud Atlas, but uh, you know, Jupiter Ascending. Uh, you know, it's it's been kind of <laughs> winding down a little bit. But uh, so I I was. I would say healthy distance with my hype, but when seeing the trailer, I could not help but to theory craft and 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 what may be happening around the Matrix and what lands Neo in here again. So there there is a, some genuine excitement with this film and and returning to this. It's not and nerves. I mean, watching oh, that trailer, sure. you had some serious nerves and reservations. Yeah, absolutely, but I think I think the, <laughs> the Matrix reservations. <laughs> what it should have been called. Reservations. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I just think, I don't know, it, it, uh, almost in line with what I talked about with some of that pre-production stuff and only one Wachowski and yada yada, I, I still think it was exciting to see them bring out this intellectual property back out of, you know, back, back into the spotlight. Uh, I did not feel like it was too much of a cash grab, uh, which I think is important uh, for bringing something back like this. Uh, however, I, I'm I'm very sad to say this is just this is just very plainly not a good movie, folks. Uh, and I think my, the 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 cornerstone or the keystone of my criticism here is going to be on much how this was a kind of a watching order for the Matrix series. What good does this have to? Uh, lend to your experience of this series you know is this worth a watch even if you've watched all these movies so far let's talk about the script a little bit because this is probably one of the more jarring elements uh, the script is <laughs> uh, super super meta um it is very self-aware uh very fourth wall breaking this is a environment where the 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 matrix itself uh, is referenced to within this film as 
the film. <laughs> and I, you know, not that it means anything. I'll go put a pat on my back. I, my fan theory crafting for whatever good it was worth, which is nothing, uh, was right on the money. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was excited for this, this evolution in the story and, and the examination of the matrix of, of how the machines, after everything we experienced from the original trilogy, how were we seducing Neo? Neo, the one, mm-hmm. once again, to get back servile to the machines. Uh, and I, I think it was, it was exciting to see it, it slowly it collapses, and I really mean <laughs> collapses <laughs> uh, more and more through the film. I think uh, I'm going to give it straight up here. Your enjoyment of this film very much hinges on how much you enjoy slash tolerate fourth wall breaking stories. I personally enjoyed the ideas that are introduced here, but I think like almost a almost a theme with this entire this entire series there are interesting ideas there are the execution of those ideas and the they are not executed well upon uh they are not executed in a way that i think adds value and if anything really detracts from mm. the seriousness from the rule of cool that we've been talking about i, I think it uh, does it detract from neo himself yeah but that's going spoil. You're gonna tempt me. I can't go spoilery. I can't go. <laughs> I'm just talking broad here. I'm just talking broad. <laughs> um, I think overall the the type of fourth wall breaking uh, script that this is very self referential. One, it's a little self congratulatory. Uh, this was a big turnoff because I'll use more of a more of a. Uh, kind of a hypothetical example, if something is referencing itself and saying that it is a masterpiece work, a uh, landmark, and then that doesn't live up to that masterpiece landmark, I think it's just self-congratulatory. I don't think that type of meta screenwriting uh, is useful, and I think it, it really does not fall through on why it needs to reference itself in such a way. To call its own source material legendary in many different ways is almost a a self-inflicted wound when the movie itself is terrible. Uh, (laughs) And I think it really... It's very off-putting. Yeah. It's very off-putting. It's it's off-putting because it's really cool what they're doing with the ideas, especially in the first act. Uh, I think it's everything I wanted out of my initial excitement uh, of seeing this come back uh, and what they were doing with the story. But it's just it's just done in such a one non-matrix way, and and just does not feel like the. Again, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but the rule of cool that the the film franchise has lived and died on. On top of that, as well, it just it just I think I think the script just it's too self congratulatory. Everything is a callback, and and none of the satire has follow through. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, um, flashback city. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the note, folks. Uh, honestly, uh, this movie goes at a not a breakneck pace, but when you're in that first act and experiencing what the Matrix has become, there is a near constant bombardment of flashbacks to the original series. This is done very poorly. If I really want to be critical here and get my knives out, I think this is plain lazy editing. It is padding out otherwise boring scenes, boring cinematography, boring dialogue moments, and padding it out with callbacks that 
do nothing but to get everyone on the same page where otherwise it might be a deep cut. Otherwise, it may be enjoyable for the true fans of the series. But most importantly to my criticism, it does nothing for the greater appreciation for any audience member, fan of The Matrix or not, because the callbacks, the flashbacks to what is done, uh, it's just done in such a incredibly lazy way and almost like a no-duh type of way, the type of things they decide to call back to to create this thematic tie to the original uh, mm. to the original matrix uh very uh, j- just to condense unnecessary. that unnecessary it's unnecessary on a story level and i think again if i really want to get my knives out here downright lazy and uninspired as far as an editing and technical level on yeah. the film okay i would say my you know <laughs> i'll probably bring this up as more and more we 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 see franchises dug out of the ground and, <laughs> and back on stage. But what I would point to here in a, a balancing act of rewarding fans, creating literacy for uh, new watchers to understand what the hell's going on in the film, and uh, rewarding, you know, just, just overall calling back to the original work as a sequel, I point to Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049, it's not not because it's a perfect sequel, believe me, I have a lot of problems with the film, but it balances catch-up story and rewarding fans and and does not put anything in your face. It's there if you want it. Guess what? It doesn't hinge on it if it doesn't matter to you. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe so. it. But also, it, it's not lacking so much where it is still quite a joy yes. to, to immerse yourself in, in that in that film in, mm-hmm. like, in 2049. There's it, something added to having mm-hmm. that, yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's just, it, bottom line, it's... This this script being so so self-referential, it's 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 calling back into itself. It was really bothering you. Uh, it, it 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 needs it. It takes that type of enjoyment yeah. and almost makes it integral to. Do you understand the script? And I think that's really a bad pitfall for the for the story. Mm-hmm. As cool as the ideas are introduced, and as very postmodern uh, the script is in a lot of ways, it just does not stick the landing. Let's talk about the performances. Okay. Ooh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm losing it. We need, we need some caffeine. <laughs> performances are all over the place. Uh, script is particularly bad and cringy in parts, uh, like noticeably so. Uh, no joke. I think this might be the worst performance we've seen from Keanu in a, ro- in a while. Uh, and I'm not even just talking about acting. <laughs> I'm talking about physical performance. The fact that, I, I mean, I think... I think Keanu got away with stealing a check. Honestly, here the 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 it is laughable when you consider how much physical preparation Keanu does for the John Wick series and what the action is represented in this film. Uh, it is mm, mm. laughable. Yeah. Uh, Keanu got a free check, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, believe me, uh, Thomas Anderson, Neo. It is a character meant to a little bit be like a blank slate. Certainly, that calls back to some of the anime influences and in, in how this series is is written. But yeah. Uh, just, just real bad, and and it ties into just the action being real bad. Let's focus on a highlight. Uh, I think Jessica Henwick. Uh, she is. Uh, she plays the character Bugs, the the blue hair one. <laughs> if, if you have no interest in seeing this, <laughs> I think she is the only good new actor here. Uh, it is the only really. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I think uh, she is great on screen, and uh, I will obviously talk about my worst fears towards the end of this review, but if this is going to lead into more Matrix f- uh, movies, I will enjoy not only seeing her character, but the actress as well, and what she can do on screen. Um, a silver lining, you would yes, say. Yes, a, a, a silver, yeah, very small. It's sterling silver <laughs> necklace on a big, big poopy amulet. <laughs> <laughs> big, big poopy medallion. Uh, <laughs> everyone else, I think, is hurting the seriousness of the plot. And uh, I can reference two characters very specifically, but I think that's where I'm at the boundary of spoiler talk and whatnot. And especially if you're going into this movie blind, there is maybe some enjoyment in the in the creation of these characters, especially conceptually. But every everyone else... Robs, and I really mean that. Robs from the simplicity of this movie, knowing it's cool, as, uh, cool as ice, and goes into this movie thinks it's probably cool as ice. There's no confidence in the execution, and that I think is my problem with okay. a lot of these new characters, and, and really the story as a whole. Uh, if I had to, if I had to, you know, criticize it, martial arts, gunfights. The machines, the design, you know, I, 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 I talked about the, the machine design and how much I loved it in all of these movies. <laughs> all of this is a step down and uninspired. There is a machine that uh, it looks like a bird in this. It, it, it totally misses the point <laughs> of the machines hating anything human and any, anything living, biotic, you know what I mean? It, it's just, <laughs> oh my God. It's just so, it's so bad. Keanu, uh, as far as the action, ends fights not with Kung Fu, but like this, this blast. Uh, He sticks his two hands out. I would challenge any viewer of this not to laugh when it happens the third, no less probably the seventh time (laughs) in the film. (laughs) But I I think my criticism here, just to kind of, kind of, dial this in here uh the action has very little stakes and i think that is represented in how keanu and uh, the entire cast delivers the action Uh, i am never at uh, you watch this film i am never in fear of anyone dying i never think that there is any stakes behind the action we are just going through the motions in that it felt very marvel it felt probably where Original Matrix is timeless. It is felt very, very modern blockbuster movie uh, where it's just an action gallery rather than an action with stakes. Uh, okay. So that that's that's where it, it really lost me. Um, agents specifically. Uh, let's talk about you know if we if we're gonna talk about the action, it's always related to who these characters are facing within the simulation. Agents are replaced with this kind of swarm. Uh, this this I think they call them just bots, and not only do I have some problem with it on a deep dive from a lore perspective on some things, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. You know, what I mean, we're we're going to keep breezing here, uh, but it is functionally a very cheap zombie device, uh, and personally, I felt the 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 visual effects as a whole tied into the the less action, the less kung fu, the less gung fu, uh, and it's just. It's all just leaves me feeling it's just uninspired and 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 very disappointed with it for that reason. It's it's just it's very rough uh, for that reason and <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't stress enough. Like I don't understand how a director 
can understand their movie so well and amp up every aspect of it for the sequel, like we see from Matrix to Reloaded. And then this is like it it the script itself is referencing the Matrix. The script itself understands the Matrix, and then they miss every mark on what the <laughs> Matrix is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's almost like I, I, I would want to say, hey, you, you do understand this is a dumb action film, but we need to make the action compelling, you know? Um, right, of course, yeah. It's just rough. Uh, I mean, it's like kind of no duh, but I don't know how upset you can get with something that's being you know dug out of the ground many years later. Right, you know, right. Two decades later. I'm going to end this, though, with, uh, again... What was my what my focus was for this rating for this for this review specifically is this movie worth your time as it is always the focus of my review but also is this movie something you should watch if you've even deep dived and watched everything up until this point for the series I think there is terrible pacing in this two hour and thirty minute runtime so much more so much more highbrow. For better or worse, is done in less of a runtime in these in, in yeah. these previous yep. films. And while the first act is understandably slow, we kind of have to have very much a, a reintroduction to this world, and I think that's fine of what it does. And probably the most creative things are done with that. By the time we get to the second act, it is slowed down to a snail's pace, and by the time we get to the final act, there is a scramble. This film is absolutely scrambling to put the pieces together and make, uh, make, you know, what we see the this this action film to be. It's just, man, it's just so disappointing <laughs> and just a, such a poor use of real estate in the movie. I definitely think this score could go up with a a fourth, a fifth watch, because I've watched it three times already oh, uh, to oh, dial wow, this okay. in. Well, it's HBO Max, yeah, my favorite, yeah. our favorite non-sponsor. <laughs> Did you see it in theaters at all? Uh, once. Yeah, I think it should be watched in theaters, yes, probably, yeah. Yes, but critically, I think this film only muddies the lore and the language of a great science fiction franchise. We are going to go ahead and give <laughs> The Matrix Resurrections a 28. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. This is a bad score. So T- truthfully, folks, it only went down with more watching. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Where where Dune was a lot of rewatches and to dial in, make sure I felt what I felt. This only cemented my my bad feelings on it. So <laughs> twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what okay. I would like to end with there, and and we can we can transition into the end because we're running long. As far as my objective here, Matrix One. A masterpiece worth your time. Animatrix, deeper dive. If you're really loving it, maybe give the second and third one a shot. I think, honestly, avoid this fourth one. I pray. <laughs> I pray it is not a new trilogy. I really do. I think that is probably the worst thing that could happen here. So. All right, so that's a Finn gave it a twenty-eight resurrections to twenty-eight. Sorry, I, I ranted. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, this is all part. I'm passionate. Of it. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that being said, though, I have a Tommy Two Shoes score. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, a legit surprise. Wow. So this is the only second Tommy Two Shoes that we have. Amazing. And just to give people an idea, when it comes to a movie I care about. I give it a rating between zero shoes and two shoes. <laughs> I love the explanation. <laughs> Wait, no, it's zero shoes, well, two shoes, and then laces, I right? Can, I can, if, yeah, if I want, if I want, it's like the point if five. I want caveats, I'll, yes, I'll put in lace, <laughs> untied or untied laces. Okay. Uh, Matrix Resurrections gets zero shoes. Whoa. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, I, the make... one moment we could probably be aligned on a score. You yes. Go... <laughs> I was completely de- defeated and deflated walking oh, out. Wow. Mommy and daddy took my ball away, and I was not happy <laughs> is how I looked at it. Um, I just wanted to make one joke. Trinity is introduced into the film with a MILF joke. Oh, yes. Um, That's just good. to give people That's an good. idea. Love yeah. Keanu Reeves like like he's my older brother or a fun uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst horrible, horrible acting in a long it's, time. Yeah. Like you said, there's no stakes. It's absolutely uh, it, it's garbaggio. <laughs> Uh, Bugs, I really liked Bugs, as you said, blue hair girl, for yeah. those of you not going to watch. Uh, right, right. Um, but one caveat is I also really liked Morpheus. Yes. Um, yeah. Aya Abdul Mateen, the second very cool yeah. actor, did a great job with Morpheus, so I enjoyed him and I enjoyed her, Bugs. And I think your 28% fin is well justified. There we go. Well we justified, go. yeah. I'm glad. And I'm sorry that you had to watch it three times. <laughs> uh, kind of, uh, uh, yeah. It, uh, my own my own doing, because I... I, I I wanted to give it a chance, you know? And I have friends that like it, more importantly. So I want to see their side of the coin. But uh, I, I just, I, every rewatch, I just cemented my thoughts more and more. Yeah, which is really a shame. But, at, uh, you know, can't say I was uh, surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's true. My, my hype was misplaced. Yeah, this honestly. Uh, I, I honestly should have been a little bit more healthy with my hype, honestly. The, the real winner in this is Lily Wachowski not being a part of this. She won. Mm-hmm, she won. That. And I almost feel bad for Lana because, like, what happened? Was she forced into it? Mm-hmm. Was it a thing of, just like, well, if Warner Brothers is going to do it, I have to at least help a little bit to save. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and this does tie, you know, like I said, that behind-the-scene production, uh, apparently this was therapeutic in some way for her to make uh, and write. But, uh, you know, hey... Uh, I'm glad that maybe she got something out of it in that way. I, I'm, you know, again, I pray it's we're not getting more movies. Please, yeah, yeah. Please just no. Put it, put it to bed. All right, put it to bed. Now, Vin, <laughs> is there any any last comments you want to say? Anything you'd like to add? Or we're gonna roll credits here. I think we're good. We're, we've gone long enough. Okay. Well, Vin, we appreciate you doing the homework. A lot of matrix you did this week for us. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. And for everyone at home here, we'll just run to, uh, down everything one more time. We have the original, the first, the Matrix at an eighty-four percent, the Animatrix at a seventy-seven, the Matrix Reloaded at a fifty-four. The Matrix Revolutions at a 58, and we have our newly released The Matrix Resurrections with zero shoes at the Tommy Two Shoes and a 28%. We thank you so much for listening, folks, and we will see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value that you feel you received from us. You'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode too. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.